Welcome to Seed Time Living. This is where we help you transform your financial life using timeless biblical principles. I'm your host, Bob Lodick, and I'm so glad to have you here today. We have really honed in on what it takes to have a budget that you can enjoy that makes you feel good about life. We've done life. it wrong so much <laughs> that we've just learned how to do it right and how to have fun. If you haven't gotten our free budgeting worksheet, spent a lot of time making this thing and I think it's awesome. It's a good first step to kind of see how your income and expenses stack up. And it's just a good way to get started with your budget. With that, let's get to these 10 amazing hacks to help you stick with your budget. Number 10 is make savings automatic. One of the biggest mistakes that most people make is they spend their money and then they try to save or give mm -hmm. afterwards. You have to do it the opposite way. Yep. The things that are most important to you, giving, savings, whatever those are, that needs to come first. If you don't do it that way, if you don't have some automatic thing in place, the reality is we all know this. <laughs> we all know this. It's probably not going to happen. You're going to get to the end of the month. There's not anything there. And so that's why making it automatic is incredibly important. Okay. Number nine. I actually really like this one. It is reward yourself. Or if you're a parks and recreation fan, we could call it treat, treat yourself. yourself. This comes across though as like I'm just going to treat myself all the time, <laughs> which yeah. is something I would do, but we're not talking about that, right? Yeah. But the key in terms of sticking to your budget, you need rewards, you need mm -hmm. incentives to stay the course. Yep. And so, yeah, when we were paying off our debt, like this was a big part of that. You know, our budget was a big piece of us being able to pay off our debt, but in order to reach that goal, we had to have milestones. It was too big of a thing. It was too much. It was too long of a road for us to walk without some rewards. And so we made yeah. sure to keep them in there. And because we did, we were able to stick with it, right? Yeah, and I think this was especially key for me because he was like watching the numbers of our debt go down, down, down. He was really, really involved. But for me, I was more on the sidelines. And if I wouldn't have had this incentive, it would have been really difficult for me to keep going. Yeah. I think I would have just yeah. gotten discouraged and given up. So I think this was extremely key for me since I was not as involved. Yeah, definitely. Number eight is budget with accountability. I've had the unique advantage of being able to try out and test out a whole bunch of different budgeting methods, budgeting softwares and tools and spreadsheets and all this stuff over the years. I've been a financial blogger for almost 13 years and I have reviewed you know, almost everything out there. <laughs> um, and I've tried out so much of this stuff, like mm -hmm. we, because we've actually tried it ourselves. And the thing that I've come to realize is that most budgeting methods don't actually hold you accountable. There's this false sense of accountability. And so um, the only two that I'm aware of that ever actually hold you accountable are cash envelopes. If you do that and put cash in envelopes and do that type of budgeting. Yeah, and that wasn't going to work for us because we use plastic sometimes because we online shop or yeah. whatever. And then the other option is the real money method. And this is kind of our hack to do that, to have a budgeting mm -hmm. method that actually holds you accountable. And so we have an entire course teaching this method in which you're welcome to check out if you're interested. But the bottom line is that for most of us to stick with the budget, we need accountability. We need a budget that'll hold us accountable. And so if you've ever failed with budgeting, this might be the reason why. Yeah. So just find something that will hold you accountable. Okay, number seven is don't save your credit card info on any site where you shop. This is a good hack. This, the, yeah, because yeah. adding that friction, I think that would definitely, mm -hmm. yeah, it just, it doesn't seem like much, but having to spend the extra minute or two to go through with a purchase to type all that in, it just slows you down. All right, so I think you've told me about this before where there's something 
almost physical that happens in your body when you pay for something and you have to hand over cash. Because it's just real money and you can it's, feel yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, there's my money and it's, it's leaving. Disappearing, but yeah. when you write a check, you told me it's less, but it's yeah. still more of a process that you still feel it. A little like. bit less real. And yeah. then less when you are swiping your credit card. Yeah. And I think you told me this years ago, really before online shopping was as big as it is now. And I can only imagine like how little you feel that when it's like click, click, and it's I bought it. Yeah. It's done. I mean that's that's what Amazon has done. It's like literally oh add gosh. the cart, boom, done. Well, and you can even hit buy it now, and it's like yeah, click, you're, you're right. done. You're right. It's one click. <laughs> so it's brilliant on their part. But mm-hmm. point is, is that adding that friction. Reduce, will overall reduce the spending that we make. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's an important move to make. But number six ties right into what we were just talking about. Only use gift cards to shop on Amazon. This is an interesting idea that the author had to basically go to the grocery store, buy an Amazon gift card for $100 or whatever, and then load that on your account and then make purchases with that. And so this kind of takes that friction to a whole new level mm-hmm. in that you need to go to the store and buy an Amazon yeah. gift card. Uh, but at the same time, it kind of undoes the previous thing we were just talking about because the gift card is loaded in there and it's still pretty easy to buy. So it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know, it might work for some people, but um, something to consider. Number five, never buy anything that you put in an online shopping cart until the next day. This is a good idea. Yeah. Like I, I can't tell you how many times I'm struggling with some annoying problem around the house and I need to go buy this. Like I need to go buy this thing to fix it, whatever it is. And I'll put the thing in a cart and just because I forget to go buy it and I'll come back a couple of days later, I'm like, I don't, I actually solved that problem already. Or it's not even that big of a problem. It seemed like a big problem in the moment, but mm-hmm. it really isn't that big of a problem. And it is amazing. And we've all heard this, you know, just sit on a purchase for a little bit mm-hmm. and then half times you don't want to make it later on. But, but I like this idea of throwing in the cart. That way you won't forget about it and you can check in a couple of days yeah. and see. Well, and yeah. I think this is really key for stuff that you just want. Because, yeah, I mean, so especially. many times you're just trying to numb yourself. You're like, I've had a bad day, so I'm going to go online shop. And um, I know that's what I do. And so just sitting on that, having it in your cart kind of gives you a little bit of satisfaction. And then being able to sit on it for a little bit, um, I think, really helps. And then yeah. you can make a decision when you're a little bit more clear-headed. Yeah. Okay, I really like this one. Read the one-star reviews for the products before you buy them. This is a great idea. Because mm-hmm. it definitely gives you a whole different perspective on the product. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, and you just might not be as interested when you see all the negative things about it. Right. Now, I do this for, really, most products I buy because I want to see what people are saying and the bad is. Yeah, you um, don't want to buy a product that's going to be terrible and is not what you want. Well, yeah, if you have 20 people in a row saying that, whatever, it stopped working after three months, it's like, all right, there might be a trend here. So, like, just from a smart shopping perspective, I think this is good, but it also will help you, yeah, I think it will deter you from buying more things if you're looking at the bad. All right, number three, this one is classic. But it works. Don't go to the grocery store hungry. Yeah, it just really, really works. It's such a big difference when you, yeah, when you're, you know. When you're full and you're not hungry. Yeah. You should go to the grocery store only full, where you're just like, none of this sounds good. <laughs> no, like this is what you should do. You should go to the grocery store after Thanksgiving meal. Like when oh you're God. so bloated and just feel like, I don't want any food, you're tired. That's when you go to the grocery store. You won't be buying much. But then you'll regret it later because you'll be like, why is there no food in the house? <laughs> Number two, only make major purchases in the morning. Yeah, I think this is really interesting. I remember, uh, I think Tim Ferriss was talking about decision fatigue and this mm. idea that 
um, we only have a limited number of decisions that we can make in a given day. And after that point, like we're just tapped out and we can't actually make any more decisions. And so what happens is so many of us, you know, in busy lives, we get to the end of the day and we're just worn down and we don't have good decision-making abilities. Mm -hmm. Whereas at the beginning of the day, we're fresher and we have, you know, if you think of it like in terms of a bank account, we have a lot more decisions sitting there that we can tap into. So, you know, making these purchases, these especially big purchases in the morning when we're stronger is just a better approach. Okay, number one, choose a major category each month to attack. I think this is a good idea. I think too many people try to solve 10 problems at once. Mm. And I think focusing your energy on just one, find one category in your budget that you're struggling with, even though you might be struggling with four or five of them, find one, focus your energy on solving that particular one, whatever that is. If it's groceries, if it's household goods, whatever that category is, Mm -hmm. try to solve that one. Yeah, and we've talked about this before, where you should not base your budget around what your personal goals are. You need to base it around where you actually are in your life. So if you are going to Starbucks every day and you want to change that, do that <laughs> one month, and then then once you've got that down, work on the next habit. Yeah. Um, don't try and do it all at once because <coughs> you're going to blow your budget. It's not going to work, and you're just going to be mad. <laughs> yeah. So those are our top ten. I'd love to hear yours in the comments. If you found it helpful, let us know so we know what type of content to keep creating. If you're not a subscriber yet, you need to hit the subscribe button. Do it. Do it. If you are new to budgeting, if you need a little help, definitely check out our free budgeting worksheet. Mm -hmm. We'll have it linked up above and down in the description below for you to get. Hey, thanks so much. If you haven't yet taken our money mastery quiz, be sure to do that. Yeah, it's just a super quick two minute quiz and it's gonna help you understand how good you are with your money. Yeah, and it's gonna provide a custom report giving you specific suggestions on how you can reach your financial goals up to 10 times faster. Mm -hmm. Head over to seedtime.com forward slash quiz to get started now.